preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of John, chapter 6, verses 16 to 21. Again, that is John, chapter 6, verses 16 to 21. Please open your Bibles to that portion of the scripture and join me in reading God's word. Let us all rise in reverence to the word of God. Verse 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. And may I call on Pastor Steve. Thank you so much. Good morning, Paul. Good morning also to those who are watching us from down to downstairs and those who are watching live via Facebook, YouTube, and other social media platform. We continue with our series in the study of the book in the Gospel of John. We are now in John chapter 6, verses 16 to 21. The title of the message today is Walk on Water, uh, abbreviated as WOW. W-O-W, -W, walk on water. Now, before we dive into the water, I mean into our text this morning, uh, by the way, next Saturday, we'll have our family day. So again, this is a reminder to all uh, that we encourage you and invite you to join us with our first activity on Saturday, which is our dawn prayer. And then after the dawn prayer, we will go to Kanakman for our family day. I saw the uh, the slides a while ago about family day. It's about celebration. There would be dancing, fellowship, and there's also swimming, right? So walk on water. Now, before we start, uh, may I ask a permission from you to just do several things. Uh, first, I would be uh, reading on the other accounts of the other gospel writers, particularly Matthew and Mark, pertaining to this miracle, pertaining to our passage this morning. So this is a miracle that was also recorded not only by John, but also by Matthew and also by Mark. So I will be reading their account, but we will be highlighting the account, the record of John in chapter 6. So though I'll be presenting, I'll be reading to you uh, other accounts of this so that we will more or less have a better picture or we'll see some details that may not have been recorded by John. We will have a better understanding of this miracle. Um, another request is that uh, 
from the team of the preaching team of the church, of course, headed by our senior pastor, Pastor Ed Pilapil, we will be presenting to you several uh, theories, uh, uh, particularly on this uh, miracle. And also, we, I will be presenting some of the comments of other Bible scholars regarding this miracle. So allow me to start by reading Matthew chapter 14. And I will be starting from verse 20. And they all ate and were satisfied. This is pertaining to the feeding of the 5,000. They picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 full baskets. There were about 5,000 men and who ate besides women and children. Verse 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Verse 24, but the boat was already a long distance from the land battered by the waves for the wind was contrary and in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were terrified and said it is a ghost and they cried out in fear but immediately jesus spoke to them saying take courage it is i do not be afraid Verse 28, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. Now, in the account of Matthew, this is the second time that they encountered uh, this similar miracle in a boat and with a storm around the Sea of Galilee. The first one was when Jesus was with them, with the disciples in the boat, and they encountered a strong storm and out of fear and out of panic, they woke up Jesus and uh, Jesus rebuked the storm and it stopped. Now, in the account of Mark, written in Mark chapter 6, verses well, I'll start again with verse 45, uh, two verses before the main passage. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples, I mean in verse 42, sorry. They all ate and were satisfied, again, pertaining to the feeding of the 5,000. And they picked up 12 full baskets of the broken pieces and also of the fish. There were 5,000 men who ate the loaves. Verse 45, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side to Bethsaida while he himself was sending the crowd away. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. Seeing them straining 
at the oars, for the wind was against them at about the fourth watch of the night. He came to them walking on the sea, and he intended to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke with them and said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind stopped, and they were utterly astonished, for they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. Now, of course, uh, we go to the account of John chapter 6 in verses 16 to 21, which is what we will highlight in our message today. So shall we continue with a short prayer? Let's commit this time to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you once more for the privilege of listening and studying your word and for the privilege of preaching and teaching and sharing your word. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we can fellowship together as a church and as a family, as brothers and sisters studying your word. Feed us with your word this morning. Satisfy our hunger of you. And we pray that you speak to us, reveal yourself to us in a special way that we may know you personally and we may know you deeply and so that our faith on you would become stronger and deeper. Pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and more importantly, our spirit to your word, that we may not only be able to understand, but to live out the truths, the precepts, the principles in our lives, and also extend these to others as we discuss and teach and talk about more about this passage in the, our growth groups this week in the house churches. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, the family day, we will we also invited our house churches and also our, our brothers and sisters in the different uh, outreaches that we have. And so this is a good time to fellowship with them, get to know them as uh, our church is growing. And so uh, this is a good time to uh, know and meet one another and together. So we now go to John chapter 6, verses 16, 21. After feeding the 5,000 men, the people recognized Jesus as the prophet. They thought he was the prophet that Moses taught, told them in Deuteronomy that someone would come after him and this someone is like him. So if Moses was able to feed them during their, their travel, their journey in the wilderness, this person would also be able to provide for their food and for their needs. And so they thought that this is it because of what Jesus did, feeding more or less more than 5,000 of them. 
And so they were satisfied. Moreover, they wanted to make him king. Why? Probably due to the food he multiplied. So not only they saw the miracle of Jesus, they saw that this person would provide for their daily needs. Imagine multiplying food for them so they will not grow hungry with him now if he is their king. So because of this, Jesus withdrew to the mountain. He doesn't want this this uh, desire of these people to make him king. So he withdrew to the mountain and we have read from our passage and from other accounts that he stayed there and he prayed. So he probably stayed there for hours until the crowd dissipated or until the cover of night. The author would also bring the reader's attention from the crowd to the core group of disciples. So allow me to just uh, emphasize on this. The miracle, the fourth miracle that Jesus did in the account of John, which is feeding the 5,000 plus, that's a fourth miracle. It was a public miracle as well as the healing, the two healings that we had and also uh, the first miracle in Cana. So this is the fifth miracle and this is somehow a miracle that Jesus did before his disciples. So from public to his core group of disciples. Let's go to some points. First point, evening boat ride. So the disciples took a boat when it was already dark. Let's look at verse 16 to 18. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. Now, remember in Matthew and in Mark, they were told by Jesus to ride that particular boat. So they got into the boat and started across the sea to Capernaum. Now, it was dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. Why? Because Jesus was in the mountain. So perhaps these disciples are waiting for, for Jesus to come down. And eventually, because they were told to uh, go into this boat and he has not yet come down from the mountain, they thought that they would go ahead. So it seemed that they want or they went ahead and proceeded to Capernaum. Now, the sea, as they traveled, became rough. Verse 18, the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. Now, uh, as I've read and as, as I've also seen and experienced, the, the Sea of Galilee is one, it's not really a sea, it's a lake. But this body of water is around 600 feet below the sea level and it is surrounded by hills. It is also near the Mediterranean Sea. So if there's a storm brewing in Mediterranean Sea, it's easy for that, that storm or to that bad, from that that bad weather to travel and to go to this also body of water. And it's like a bowl where pressure would mount up and causing the waves to get strong. And so the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. Now, it's also good to remember that the disciples were or are or were fishermen. And so they are 
used to the storms and to these rough waves in the Sea of Galilee. And they're experts when it comes to sailing or they're at least experienced when it comes to sailing. Yet when the sea became rough because of strong wind was blowing, one can observe that it happened when it was dark uh, and that Jesus was not with them. So in those three accounts, one, one important detail is that that is common to those three accounts is that Jesus was not with them in the boat. So the boat ride would be rough because of the strong winds. And this would now be a setup for another miracle. Which brings us to the second point, walked on water. So the disciples, they saw an unusual phenomenon after rowing through the rough waters for three to four miles. Let's read verses, verse 19 and then 20. When they had rowed about three or four miles, now from... Tiberias or near Tiberias, that's on the, if, so if you have here a, like a diamond, a diamond uh, body of water, so it's on the west side. And so the travel that these disciples would, would take in a boat is from the west going to the north. No? That is the, the way to Capernaum. Now from north to south, uh, the, the length of the Sea of Galilee is around 13 miles. Uh, that's around 21 kilometers. So if you're into geography and driving, you may know what's 21 kilometer drive. Here it's a 21 kilometer boat ride. Now from east to west, that's from left to right, three to nine o'clock position, that would be seven miles or 11 kilometers. So if you take the circumference, that it would give us around 53 um, uh, kilometer, uh, miles or at least 32 kilometers around the Sea of Galilee. And from the area of Tiberias where Jesus feed or fed the, the, the 5,000 plus to Capernaum, that would be around six and a half miles or 10.5 kilometers. So when they rode about three or four miles, so more or less they're almost halfway or more than halfway uh, or less halfway to Capernaum, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat and they were frightened. So imagine it was dark and this is the first time, time that they, I'm sure they saw someone walking on the sea. And remember, this sea is not the calm sea or the calm water in the sea. It's, there's waves on this sea. And Jesus is walking on it, uh, walking on the water. And coming near the boat, and they were frightened. Uh, well, the first reason, the primary reason that we may observe is because it was very unusual and is impossible. Uh, so imagine their, their surprise and leading to fear of seeing someone uh, amidst these strong waves walking on water. In verse 20, but he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Now, 
we'll go to the highlight of this passage. And this is the, this is the most important part of the account in John chapter 6, verse 16 to 21. The exact Greek phrase is not, it is I. Though those are the words that Jesus said as recorded in the three Gospels. But the exact Greek phrase is ego eimi. Spelled as pronounced ego or ego. No, ego eimi, E-I-M-I. Which directly translates as I am. No, I am. It is I but the Greek original phrase is ego eimi, or I am. And whenever John writes I am, he means to relate it to the I am who is the God of Moses. And so what is Jesus basically saying to the disciples? I am. I am what? I am God. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Because I am. Which brings us to the third point. Safely arrived. So when the disciples realized it was Jesus, they were glad to welcome him into the boat. Then the boat suddenly reached its destination. Jesus walking on water was another miracle that the disciples witnessed. Verse 21, then they were glad to take him into the boat. And immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. So the boat immediately arriving on land may not necessarily be a miracle. Although some Bible scholars, some commentaries would say that it is somehow another miracle. Another miracle, miracle within a miracle, a miracle of what? Uh, time travel, beyond. <laughs> uh, so from one point, no, they were, Jesus was saying, I am, no, it is I, no, and it suddenly, immediately, after they took Jesus into the boat, they were already in Capernaum, to the land to which they were going. So now, it could be just a sequence of events. I, this is my personal view. John did not account uh, the time when Peter and, and when Jesus invited Peter to walk on the water or, or Peter presented himself to walk on the water. And so... It was not on this account. However, there is also a possibility that it was indeed another miracle. But here, in our context, the author, the author did not provide enough information. Uh, the reason is that it could, it's not really that important. Why? Again, the highlight, the most important part of this passage is when Jesus saying to them, I am, do not be afraid. So how do we treat this as we go to the application? There's only one, I believe in Jesus. So once again, the author revealed who Jesus is because that's the main theme of the, the main purpose of John's gospel, of John's writing about Christ 
and that is to reveal who Jesus Christ is. He is the I am. So Jesus is Lord, he is Savior, he is King, and he is also friend, but we must not forget that he is also God. And so one cannot say that he believes in Jesus if he does not see Christ as God. Therefore, we believe. Now, as I close, may I leave you with an analogy. An analogy of this particular instance where these disciples were in a boat. In account of Matthew and Mark, they were told to go into the boat. In account of John, they were just in the boat. And so during their journey, during their travel, they encountered this storm. And as an analogy, we are traveling, we are journeying in this world, and we will encounter, or we may have encountered different kinds of storms in our lives. And mind you, we will encounter more in this life. And that is a matter of fact. Storms would be somehow different for some people. Perhaps some of you today, you are experiencing such storm in your life. It could be a financial storm. It could be a work-related storm. It's either you don't have a work or you're struggling in work or you're surviving in your workplace or trying to survive in your workplace. Some are having storms in their business, in their profession. Some are struggling, experiencing storms in their studies. Uh, have you felt that uh, students like me here, uh, tomorrow is Monday again, and this, for some it would be the start of the, the new school year, or for some it's another day of going to school. It could be for some a storm related to relationships, a relational storm. For some, it could be a storm involving some form of addiction or a spiritual struggle, a habitual sin that you cannot stop. Some are struggling because of health reasons. Perhaps some of you are sick or you're, you're fearful of becoming sick. And even if you try uh, changing your diet or having a healthy lifestyle, we are still unsure that an illness will strike us anytime and we are exposed to that. And because of the unseen microorganisms that we may encounter wherever we go, we are always at risk. Yet someone said that the greatest storm that all of us would encounter would not be these kinds of problems. The greatest, if we will put weight on such storms, 
according to one author, is the storm of death. And such storm we will encounter with two problems. One, we don't know when we will encounter such storm. We don't know when we are going to die. It could be hopefully not later or tomorrow in the next few days. We don't know. That's one problem. Another is we don't know how. Of course, we would want it to be quick and so that it would not cause us more pain or more suffering or perhaps would not burden our, our loved ones in taking care of us or causing us to become bankrupt because of the cost of medication and treatment and hospitalization. Those are the two problems. We don't know when and we don't know how. Yet in this passage, we can see, we can glean, and we can reflect that the disciples during the time of storm, they had everything with them in the boat. Because they had the I am. The God who would not only give them salvation from, from that particular storm, but a God who will bring them to their destination. So for us, it could be the next day, the next month, the next chapter of our life, or it could be the afterlife, the life after we die here on earth. But what is important is that we have as well the I am. So if you're here today and you have repented of your sins, and you have put your faith and trust on Christ because of who he is, his Savior, his God, and his Lord. He's in control of everything. Then we are safe and secure. And we can expect that we will reach that destiny, eternal life. I'm speaking of one day. Why? Not because of whoever, but because of Jesus Christ. And today, if you're here and you have not made that decision to turn away from your sin, to turn your back from sin and repent from your sin and put your faith in Christ alone, then it is my prayer that you would deal with this personally with God because I cannot decide for you. It is you who should repent of your sins, from your sins, and believe in Jesus Christ. We are all condemned. But the promise of God, again in chapter 3, verse 16, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Allow me to just share with you before we go to another application. As we remember the Lord's Supper, allow me to share with you the poem written by our senior pastor entitled Boat Ride. Yes, I believe we are in this ride all together 
And so they took a boat ride at night time, soon to witness another sign. The winds did blow and rocked the boat for three to four miles they would row. Jesus would approach them at sea. Then he would say, Ego, Amy, do not be afraid for I am God of Moses and Abraham. The disciples would be relieved. Jesus, they would gladly receive into their boat when they were safe from the gusty winds that so raves. We too believe in the I am, Jesus, Lord, Savior, and the Lamb, sovereign Lord of all the earth. He is the author of the new birth.